0: got the whole crew together as we cover ohio states with our instant analysis from ohio states there's something that doesn't feel right unbelievable effort from him today. Is ej liddell gonna crack the first team all big 10 i think he can be the guy i'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy he seems to have the durability he certainly has the toughness is the question on a lot of people's minds here welcome to buckeye breakdown well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to Buckeye Breakdown, our instant analysis postgame show after Ohio State starts the season with a second consecutive victory. They got Arkansas State today by a final score forty-five to 12 I'm Brendan Gulick. This is Andrew Lind. Ohio State has wrapped up its press conferences, and uh, we've got a little bit of time to just, just digest our normal quick thoughts, and that's what the purpose of this show is, to give you our, our instant reaction to what we saw today. Uh, Andrew, I think for a lot of folks, there were uh, happy moments that the offense seemed to look like what people expected to look like. There were some really good things on defense. There were some really frustrating moments. And I think everybody is trying to digest how to feel about what they saw today.
1: Yeah, I mean, on one hand, you know, to to beat Arkansas State, you know, 45 to 12, like that's kind of what we expected from them. And, you know, to see Emeka Ibuka step up and, you know, uh, be a focal part, part of the offense, as well as obviously Marvin Harrison today should have had four touchdown, uh, touchdown receptions, only had three. Um, I think that was a bad cause right there. And, yeah, You know, if you'll, you'll take a look at our photo gallery later today, you know, you'll see what the photo um, of that exact moment. But, yeah, I think that, you know, from the offensive standpoint, it was nice to see, you know, the them kind of – take that step and, and be that, you know, passing attack that we've kind of come to expect. But then I think that the frustrating part that you were talking about is it still seems like there's those, you know, maybe mindless penalties or just careless penalties that, you know, the, that Ryan Day kind of talks about with like uh, discipline this week. And I think that those are things that they still need to correct.
0: I don't want to be recklessly speculating about things. So I'll, I'll try to stay away from that. But you, you can't help but wonder if there is are instances where guys aren't locked in because of whatever else is going on there's no excuse for personal foul penalties um the Buckeyes had four of them last week they had two more today now one of them on Xavier Johnson Ohio State head coach Ryan Day certainly went to bat for Xavier I mean he was he was speaking with the official he was very demonstrative couldn't really tell if it was a you know, an animated and mad conversation as much as it was like, hey, what else was he supposed to do trying to say this is where Xavier was? The other personal foul penalty came on the walk back to the locker room. Teron Vincent got into it with an offensive lineman. Uh, I have to go back and watch a tape. I don't think Vincent played in the second half. At least I don't remember seeing him there. Um, You know, (laughs) Ohio State on their second defensive series forced a three and out and returned a punt for a touchdown that had both an illegal block and a 15-yard penalty for hurtling the, the shield for the punter. Um, and then there were two defensive pass interference plays that were both the right call. I mean, it was just like, man, if you could stop shooting yourself in the foot, this could look really good. Instead, you walk away and say, okay, good game.
1: Well, on the other hand, though, to think that they only gave up 12 points didn't my like Arkansas State in the end zone, like – you know, from a from a statistical standpoint, like it seems like that was what was expected. The you know, the the point total being able to hold them to that. Like that that seems like a good defensive effort. But yeah, to kind of speak to what you were talking about, I think it kind of is like a a matter of maybe you know last week they got out for notre dame this week you know they're 44 and a half point favorites and i think that maybe you're just your mindset isn't there all the time and you know there, there's those kind of those little things that add up and then you know i mean it was cool to see you know Mecca have the punt return you know for a touchdown it would have been the first since 2014 when Jalen Marshall did it against Indiana, but you know, to then have the the block in the back, to have Taraja Mitchell jump over the shield, like those are just mistakes that you can't really afford, you know, in games that are are, are gonna be closer.
0: I don't want to be overly negative because there were so many things today that made you feel like, okay, this is what we thought we were gonna see from this offense. CJ Stroud for the second straight week didn't turn the football over, um, had Outstanding poise in the pocket, knew when it was time to leave, but hung in there when there was some pressure at times. He threw some really good passes deep down the field. He told us after the game today that he was trying to be a little bit better in the intermedi- intermediary routes, but I still didn't think he was sloppy with the ball. When you don't turn it over, you know you you, you largely can't complain about the output. The offense scored a bunch of touchdowns. Marvin Harrison Jr. had almost 200 receiving yards. They ran the ball effectively again. Like there were, there were a lot of good things. It's just kind of hard to to walk away from this game feeling really good because there's some stuff that you can control that this team hasn't controlled for the first two weeks.
1: Yeah, and I think that there was there were a lot of plays today. They, you know, maybe they they made it easy for him you know with the crossing routes Mark, marvin coming across the middle and you know getting him the ball in space and i think that maybe that's something that they didn't have as much against notre dame so i think that that's a you know a positive thing to get that in there but yeah there i mean there was moments where it seemed like you know maybe they were working a little bit harder than they should have offensively i know that you know they 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 got stopped on one drive mine had you know like a one yard run and then they tried to throw it to him in the flat and you know it was incomplete and it was just like there, there was a little bit of puzzle you know i was a little puzzled on the sideline when that happened, because it was like, you know, they they know that they have more talent than than, uh, Arkansas State. So I think that it was just a matter of maybe being in their head a little too much on those things.
0: So again, positive things on the defensive side. Uh, The Red Wolves had one rushing yard in the first quarter, and I think they only had 26 or 27 uh, at halftime. For the game, they carried at 1.6 yards per carry. That's terrific. Um, I think by the end of the game, because of a couple of bigger plays late, Arkansas State ended up averaging 3.6 yards per play. That's not bad, but it's not where Ohio State wants it. Um, Five for 20 on third downs, the Red Wolves were, and four of those five conversions were after the game was already out of hand. You know, at one point it was like uh, one for 14 or something like that. So, you know, the defense was doing its job to get off the field on third downs, which was great. I thought Arkansas State, couldn't move the ball between the tackles with any regularity all game, but I credit their offensive staff and their play calling because they were getting the ball to the perimeter quickly. And, you know, we said it throughout the week, man, they've got athletes. If you give them space, they're going to make some plays. And, you know, they were a, they were a competent, Solid football team. They just didn't have the talent the Buckeyes have.
1: Well, and I think that um, you know a lot of those yards that you mentioned toward the end were with you know second, third team players. There was a lot of freshmen in there at the end. I know Mari Abor, Hero uh, Canoe, they were all in there. You know, and I think that you know just getting them that experience was good, even if you know Arkansas State did move the ball down the field at the end there. And then obviously they did, they did have, um, they did stop them and, and force a punt, but then the punt was muffed and recovered by Arkansas State. So yeah, I mean it's just those little things that you had mentioned. But overall, like, I think especially in the interior of the defense, like they continue to step up. Mike Hall continues to be, you know, a player that, I mean, Ryan Day even kind of said it today that they didn't expect him to be that player. And I think, you know, if he can come in and and have that impact in every single game, and obviously we have to see what happens with, you know, his injury because he did come out of the game. But, you know, I think that he is one of those players who can be such a difference maker for them.
0: Thankfully, it appears that Mike Hall's okay. I'm not a doctor. I don't want to diagnose what happened. But from what we could tell, he was obviously laying on his back and frustrated. You knew right away it was an upper body injury. Hall ran off the field. Well, I should say walked off the field with uh, a couple of athletic trainers. And they took his shoulder pads off. And it looked like they were working on his left shoulder, collarbone, neck, back. I don't know something in this area uh and it didn't seem like he was grimacing much when they were trying to see okay can you know i'm gonna hold your arms here can you push out can you push in do you have extension um if he were in obvious pain you could have seen it on his face and he didn't appear to be you know overly uh, hurt so beyond that i don't know what happened and i i don't like speculating on injuries um But Ryan Day said afterward that it didn't seem like it was a big deal. So hopefully, fingers crossed you know, you'll see him back out there next weekend.
1: Yeah. And then kind of after that happened, one thing that I was surprised about was just that the offense, you know, the first team offense was still in there at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I know they had one drive before, you know, Kyle McCord came in they started rotating the receivers and those kind of things. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess on one hand, you know, you want to get that those reps for, you know, and, and just kind of the comfortability for CJ with the other receivers in case Jackson has to be out or Julian has to be out for a long, you know, period of time, which I mean, they, based upon everything we know and seeing them, you know, warm up before the game and stuff, like maybe that shouldn't be a week or two. But at the same time, like, I mean, they were winning. The game was in hand. It was 30 points. Like, I was kind of surprised to see the offense out there at that point.
0: So I think there were probably a lot of people that hoped they would see the second group of offensive players earlier in the game, myself included. I, You know, you could certainly envision a scenario where, the game was enough out of hand in the first half that maybe the first team guys go out and play the first set in the third quarter and then turn it over to the, to the second group of guys. And that didn't quite happen. Um, I think there's a chance it could have happened if the Buckeyes wouldn't have just totally let an opportunity slip through their hands after I thought Mike Hall made maybe the biggest play of the game scoring plays aside when Arkansas state from Ohio state's 40 yard line headed on fourth and one decided to go for it. And Hall comes up with a huge play and he sacks Blackman for an eight yard loss. There's 51 seconds left in the half. Ohio state's got two timeouts and the ball at their own 48 yard line. I mean, you know, if you're betting on that, you bet every time that they would come away with points instead, they went three and out. And, and that was obviously pretty frustrating. That drive lasted something like 20 seconds. Um, perhaps if they would have scored there and then opened the second half yeah. with a scoring drive right away maybe you would have seen that trigger something
1: that makes sense and i think that you know just being in that situation you want to you know that, that that's real live game you know kind of practice in that situation you know if they if, if it was a tie game for example and you know they needed to get down the field in 51 seconds or whatever like you know that that was disappointing from their standpoint to sit there and you know, go three and out, like you mentioned. And, you know, that was a really good chance for them to put the game out of reach And at that point, And then, uh, you know, for them not to, to be able to do that, like, obviously, maybe, maybe that's what it was that, you know, Ryan Day and the rest of the offensive coaches just decided, you know what, we're going to, you know, kind of fix these things.
0: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th
1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and
0: Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Unsung hero of the day. I'm not sure how much credit he's getting uh, at least instantly until people go back and watch a tape. I thought G. Scott played awesome especially in the first half, his block sprung Travion Henderson for a touchdown run. He made another really good play in the kind of late in the third quarter. Uh, You know, he and Mitch Rossi clearly are our second fiddle to Kate Stover right now. But I I was impressed with what I saw from G today when he got on the field. Really like that.
1: Yeah, and I think it, it's really important to note the block because he came here as a wide receiver, has put on a lot of weight, and you know that's kind of been the thing that's keeping him from the field at this point. And for him to go out and do that, and then just play a you know an instrumental role later in the game, that that's why you saw him in as long as he was. And and you know I I, I imagine that he'll continue to get that that playing time because of that.
0: How about from a uh, just a a general quarterback perspective did you see what you wanted to see from CJ today I mean
1: yeah just because like I didn't really expect anything uh, you know different than what he did I mean it's just a matter of you know him going out there getting comfortable with the other wide receivers and stuff and I think that you know I don't expect him to go out there and and throw for 500 yards and, sure. and six touchdowns in a game that they're not going to need him to. Like, I, I just think that where he is as a, as a quarterback at this point in time, like, you know, you just want to get him the reps and get him the work and then just say, hey, we're going to, you know, really save all that you can do for those games that
0: actually matter. Obviously, his, his ability to put some touch on a ball, a deep ball down the field, which we saw a couple times, it, it's special. He's really, really talented. My favorite throws from Stroud today were actually the ones that were vertically only five yards, six yards. But he would, for example, stand on the right hash where the pocket started and have to throw an out route to the left-hand side of the field. And he was doing it with some real zip. And he was putting it in a pinpoint spot. Those are pro football throws. Those are the kinds of throws scouts look at and say, "Okay, this guy has the arm strength to be able to drive the ball across the field. Because in college, The hashes are a lot wider than they are in the nfl so those throws in the nfl happen a little bit more regularly um i i just when i see that kind of stuff from cj early in the year you know what you saw from him last year you saw the the growth and development but those little things and then for the second straight week not turning the ball over is you know to me shows continued maturity from him.
1: Yeah. And I I mean, I know a lot of fans, you know, continue to kind of harp on this. But like, I think that the one thing that I really would like to see him do maybe, you know, is really kind of look to run the ball. And it doesn't have to be a situation where it's like, you know, where they're running design plays for him or anything like that. But I do think that there are opportunities for him to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to take these five, six, seven yards because I can do it and not just constantly look down the field and i think that that's just you know maybe one thing especially in these games that i'd like to see him maybe do differently but yeah i mean i i watched the tape last week and there was a, a moment in the notre dame game where i think that he could have like a four if he was braxton miller he would have had a 40-yard touchdown
0: run in that game i wonder what people's reaction was the one time today that he did tuck it and run yeah. and kind of got smoked as he went out of bounds there yeah. were a lot of boos in the stadium people thought that it was a, a late head out of bounds i I actually thought it was the right call i thought they hit him before he went out but either way i guess given the two extremes i'd rather him not get touched than yeah you know then take off run out of bounds and get it
1: it kind of reminds me though if you if you think back to when dwayne haskins was setting all those records in 2018
0: there was a game that he needed
1: to run and it was maryland and yep. if, if if he doesn't run and i think he had three touchdowns on the ground that that game if he didn't develop into that quarterback over the course of the year like he did, they're not going to win that game. So I think that that, that might be something, and I'm, I guess I'm kind of nitpicking at this point because it's hard to yeah, sure. you know, understand. But I think that that's just something that in these games, I think that they have the opportunity to get him more comfortable with it, and you don't really see that happen.
0: Ohio State fans have a little PTSD from that Maryland game. That was uh, that was uncomfortably close, uh, and and you could argue Maryland. Maybe wasn't the uh, the the lesser of the two teams that day, but uh, a day the Buckeyes won just like they did today, forty five to twelve. The only other thing I want to mention today, we talk about special teams. Um, I really wish Chip Traynham would have had a chance to actually return a kick because that would have been fun. I really want to see the ball in his hands. Uh, it, you know, I said I think on Tuesday on our morning podcast that. Uh, I thought this week the Buckeyes were going to return a kick or a punt for a touchdown because what I saw from Arkansas State's special teams last week was not particularly impressive. and I just kind of had a gut feeling it could happen. It did, but it happened because of an illegal block, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hang my head on that one. Uh, without that bad block, it probably wouldn't have happened. Uh, but still, there were some good moments. There were also some really frustrating moments. and again, I, I just feel like, for a team that, gosh, I'm, I'm trying really hard to be good here. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of expectations around a group that probably, as soon as they got back to the locker room, they're celebrating with their buddies. They probably checked their phones and realized that Alabama snuck by Texas. right? And this team's 2-0, and and they got to win over a top-five ranked team. And they're feeling pretty good about themselves because, They've played fairly well in these first couple games. I just hope they can have the focus and the discipline not to shoot themselves in the foot because if they were playing a team better than Arkansas State today, this game certainly could have been more competitive. And if they would have played today, I'm sorry, if they would have played last week like they played today, I don't know that they would have beaten Notre Dame. They could have, but I don't know that they definitely would have.
1: Well, and I think, you know, we had the the um, Texas-Alabama game in here in the media room after the game. And, you know, it was kind of one of those things when you saw just Alabama get the ball back, you knew that they were going to go down and score and kick the go-ahead field goal. And I think that, you know, that, that just kind of speaks to their just discipline and, and knowing that they're going to win the game and those kind of things. So I do think that, you know, today is, is a little bit disappointing from the standpoint of just – you know maybe an attitude and having you know that that business bit uh, excuse me business-like attitude when coming into this game you know and just knowing that you have to be good in all three phases throughout the game no matter your opponent and i think that you know like you had mentioned if if, if the shoe is on the other foot and they're playing alabama they don't win that game no you know so i think that it's just a matter of using these games as an example <laughs> and saying we're going to get better we're going to be more disciplined and just using that as as a as a blueprint moving forward
0: just trying to give you our uh, our our balanced unbiased opinion uh certainly recognize good play when we see it and there were some moments today cj stroud's touchdown pass at the end of the third quarter to marvin harrison was bananas that is a wicked good throw an incredible catch that is the the lead off on marvin harrison jr's highlight reel for sure um but there's a standard of excellence around here. And if they want to win a national championship, which they don't have to do in week two, by the way, they're yeah. allowed to get better as the season goes along. They have to, because this this current version of what we've seen through two games from Ohio State is very, very good. But I don't think it's quite good enough through two games from what we've seen, to just expect that this team is going to go win the big 10 and, and go, you know make a serious run at a national championship. They've got to be cleaner. They've got the talent to do it. Mm-hmm. They've proven they fixed the defense, which is the thing that held them back. I love the chemistry today between Stroud and the receivers that maybe last week was a little bit rough uh, at times. But there's just there was something today that, that caught my attention. They were not as clinical. As mm-hmm. I thought they could be, and I, I wholeheartedly expect this coaching staff this week to preach that and say, "Look, you got one more opportunity against a non-conference opponent to go out there and hammer somebody, and and you got to go prove that you can do it." Because there's a lot of people talking about how good this team is. They got to block the noise out and and not let themselves become their own worst enemy.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess I really want to point out, just you know, like you said. We obviously know that this team is talented we'll yeah. praise them when they do great things and all that you know it, it, to me it just kind of felt like that you know we beat notre dame last week kind of thing let's you know kind of just sleepwalk through this because we know what we are and you know how good we can be but you know we're playing a lesser opponent and we don't have to be at that level so yeah i think you know next week i think you, you'll see a, a more focused team because they're going to get in the in the film room tomorrow and say you know what these are the mistakes we made and we're gonna improve upon those things. And I think that you know our postgame, you know, um, incident analysis after the game next week, we'll be singing a different tune because I think that they're gonna really focus on
0: that. I think so too, because if you caught Ryan Day's tone in his press conference, I know they won 45-12. I know the stats looked largely good. There was an edginess and and uh, for a, a win that was never in doubt. There was a little extra time before he came up into this room, and I, I would imagine that there was a lengthier conversation, just my guess, uh, in the locker room postgame. So, look, a good day for the Buckeyes. The offense looked really, really good. The defense largely looked good, and they they obviously had some fun highlight plays for sure. I don't want to overlook the fact that they came away with a 45-12 win, and now through two games, they've given up one touchdown in eight quarters. That's, that's really impressive. I'm not that concerned about the fact that they haven't forced a turnover yet through two games. Um, but there is some substantial room for growth, and uh, I think the Buckeyes will be focused because they know they really only have one more shot here out of conference where they're going to play a team that they can walk into that game, and they're going to be more talented, and they're going to win one-on-ones on the outside. And Marvin Harrison could do next week what he did today, too.
1: So I'm going to put you on the spot here because okay. I ran a story earlier today talking about <laughs> because Ohio State you know, played Arkansas State for the first time. Yep. So there's 39 other teams that Ohio State has not played, played, and they will play you know, Southern Miss, Western Kentucky, UConn over the next couple of years. So of the other, we'll say, 35 teams, which team would you like to see Ohio
0: State play? Ooh. I don't know i that's uh
1: i'll let you think about it yeah so, i
0: um i don't know you tell me
1: i would probably say and i
0: this would this would have
1: to deal with like a little bit of you know scheduling manipulation i would do a two for one with
0: boise state oh that'd be fun Boise
1: state comes here twice and we go and watch them on the blue turf
0: it's i like, uh really i love that i don't know that the buckeyes would ever realistically entertain going to boise but th- yeah. Buckeye Nation would travel. That'd be kind of fun. Go check out the blue turf. I uh, I'm gonna pull it up just so that I have the full list in front of me. Because
1: um, I mean, most of it's gonna be you know the the group of of five kind sure. of teams because I think it was only Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, Iowa State. Is Baylor the, I believe is the the other uh, Power Five schools.
0: Iowa State, Kansas, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Those are the Power Five conference schools that Ohio That's State right. hasn't played um
1: nobody in mississippi
0: <laughs> um, that would be fun though i think yeah it would I be kind of fun to the, to the grove seeing that i don't know iowa state would be fun i mean i'm trying to think of you know the teams that are on this list that are regularly good that could be a fun game because a lot of them you know i mean ohio state would probably smack middle tennessee and north yeah. texas and Utap and ball state and and right on down um they do have ball you know I, career, so. I um I can, this is weird. I have a soft spot for Nevada. I can, uh, it's I wouldn't want to do a home and home with them. Um, but I've been on Nevada's campus before in Reno and it's it's pretty scenic. It's very cool. Um, their program's not great, but there's the answer to your question. If it's not Iowa State, it'd be Nevada. We could take a
1: short <laughs> trip to Lake Tahoe from Reno,
0: which so. is awesome. This is yeah. your this is your unofficial uh, I'm not I'm not sponsored to uh, to tell you that Lake Tahoe's the place, but that's a spot. It is an awesome, awesome trip. All right, uh, we've gotten off topic, and it's time to time to wrap up our instant analysis. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, look, the Buckeyes forty-five, twelve. It's a it's a good day. It's a reason to celebrate tonight. The team is two and zero, and that means they got a chance to go three and zero, and their goals are very much still in front of them. That's most important. Uh, let's not let's not forget that they played pretty well. But uh, I am very, very anxious to see how things go this week. And what the uh, what the output looks like next weekend because that's going to tell me a lot about the the mental stamina of this team. Um, they've got some. things to clean excellence
1: up. is what Ryan Day says, so I think that all that's, the time. Yeah.
0: Yep. All right, for Andrew Lind, I'm Brendan Gulick. Thanks for joining us on Buckeye Breakdown. As always, you can watch these live when we stream these after the games are over. But uh, they're available also wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We love to bring you video content on a daily basis, and would appreciate your support there. We'll see you again soon. Talk to you tomorrow with our or uh, or Monday morning, depending on when you when you check in with us again for uh, our upon further review podcast after we have a chance to to watch the tape and dive in. Okay, we'll see you soon. Thanks, and uh, and enjoy the rest of the weekend.